Hi friends, this is Cordelia on the We Heal Together podcast. Today's episode, it's coming straight from my heart. I am having a heart to heart with you guys today and I'm just going to be chatting with you about what's on my mind, what some stuff I'm working on right now and I really hope you like it. Yay! So let's get healing. Happy Monday again. So nice to chat with you guys this week. I've had a lot of episodes lately with guests and I've had a lot of life changes lately. And so I really wanted to pause and connect and just have a heart to heart with you guys. Just talk about what's going on with me and check in with you. I'm hopeful that many of you will resonate with this episode. So as I'm recording this, it's March 2021, and the episode is going to be coming out in April of 2021, and I'm sitting at my desk. It's about 9.30 at night, and I'm all set in my new apartment. I'm at my desk in my new apartment, and... I've been thinking about a lot of different topics to record an episode on, and I just had this urge in my heart to kind of put all that research, put everything aside, and just speak to you guys, just talk to you about what's going on in my life, and kind of speak more from experience this time. So I'm not sure this might be your first podcast episode you're listening to, you might be, you know, somebody that listens every single week. You might follow my Instagram. I don't know. I might be a stranger to you or you might know a lot about me. (laughs) Either way, it's really nice to chat with you. I'm Cordelia. I also run the Instagram at Codependent Recovery. I wanted to take a moment and just pause and kind of talk about my journey, talk about what has led me down this path and tell you a little bit more about myself. I started this podcast in August of 2020, and that's when I started my Instagram as well. I published my workbook that I wrote, it was about a month and a half to two months after I started my podcast and my Instagram. When I started all these creative outlets, it was a really interesting time in my life. I, so my life just looked so different. It looked so, so different. And 
that's part of the reason I wanted to make this episode because I can't even tell you how many messages that I get on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis from people reaching out and telling me, Cordelia, you're so strong. Cordelia, I've left my relationship of X years, X months because of your work. Cordelia, you're an inspiration. You know, all these things that, I mean, they mean the world to me. So please don't get it twisted or take it the wrong way. But I think it's really important for me to take a step back and to speak on, like, that's incredible. I'm so proud of each and every person. I'm so moved that my content, my work has impacted your lives in positive ways and has inspired you to make any sort of change in your life. I think that's awesome. But I never want to present myself in a way that you think that I'm perfect and that I had things figured out and that this all was born out of strength because if I'm being honest with you, it wasn't. This what this is not like a heroine rise from the ashes story. When I created all this content, like I was saying, my life looked very different. I had gotten married to somebody that I truly thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. I loved that person and When I look back on that decision to marry that person, my heart goes out to that person, to me, is who I'm talking about. So I have compassion for the decision that I made to marry that person. We had a pretty long relationship and, you know, I think I really truly wanted to be loved like I just wanted to be loved and there was a lot of justification there was a lot of denial on my part of the toxicity of the relationship what was going on the abusiveness of the relationship and how much I had lost myself throughout the relationship But if I push all of that away, like just getting to the core of it, it's just that person, that little girl in me, that teenager, that 15-year-old, that 14-year-old, that 13-year-old that just wanted to be loved, that just wanted to fit in. And feeling like I had so much love for this person that I was with and thinking, okay, if this could just work out, if these things could just change, if if this person could just be nice to me. then I would be lovable. That's proof that I'm lovable. 
And, you know, when I look at that decision, when I think about my decision to walk down the aisle that day and to marry that person, I can honestly say with all of my heart that I went into that marriage with every intention of spending the rest of my life with that person. I mean, that's literally what I wanted. I know from the bottom of my heart that was that was my goal. Like that was what I wanted. I thought I had found that person. And so to then over those next few months have everything transpire how that they did to have somebody that played mind games and did the things that he did and slowly kind of come face to face in working with my therapist and having to really come to face to face with myself and get radically honest about a whole lot of things about a whole lot of things in the relationship that weren't good about how this person was treating me and you know although of course he denies cheating on me that is part of what led to the divorce and Anyways, fast forwarding, we had only been married for six months and, you know, I, I'll have to do like a whole other episode, frankly, <laughs> on that period of those six months and everything that went on, but I was at my lowest of low points. In leading up to the decision to file for divorce, that was incredibly hard. It wasn't easy. And I don't want you to think that I was like some amazing warrior that emerged and just made that decision very quickly. I, I didn't. I actually cringe when I look back and I think about the months leading up to it because they frankly, I mean, I was really at like the lowest point that I think that I've ever, ever been in, in my whole life. I'll kind of do an abbreviated version, I guess, in this episode, but kind of the time frame of what happened, we were supposed to go visit his, so we got married on New Year's 2019, December 31st, 2019. And frankly, the whole year of my engagement, that was one of the worst years, if not the, I think it honestly was the worst year of my entire life. And we, going into the marriage, my self-esteem was pretty low after that year-long engagement. And... Then we were, we had been married a few months on the honeymoon. There was definitely 
several moments, several things that are really hard to look back on, including being told by my newlywed husband that he was going to headbutt me until my nose bled. And fast forwarding to March of 2020. So we were supposed to go visit his friend and he came home. It was like a Friday. We were supposed to go to Kentucky to see his friend. And so he came home. I had taken off work that day to go see his friend and he'd been with I think his parents, like, or his mom, at least during that day, that Friday. And when he got home, we were supposed to go together and we were supposed to go to his friends. And I tried to, like, get sexual with him and he rejected me, basically. And when I asked him what was going on, he accused me of skipping birth control and... I later found out, well, he told me later that he had searched my bag or my purse and like I had not been taking my birth control. I can honestly tell you with my whole heart and soul that is not (laughs) the case. It's not true. I had been taking my birth control, but regardless, we were already married at this point and that was just fucking weird. Like, that's fucking weird. He was gaslighting me and, like, freaking out on me right before we were supposed to go and visit his friend and accusing me of all this stuff. Like, that's not normal, okay? If you're in a healthy marriage, number one, okay, number one, even if you aren't married, if you think that your partner is skipping birth control, like, put a condom on. Or have a conversation about it. Or talk to the person. I mean, the fact that he later was adamantly standing by his position and telling me that he searched through my belongings. And like, that's not normal either. (laughs) You're searching through my stuff to... No, like that just, no, it doesn't add up. And anyways, he twisted the whole thing around on me, gets in his truck, leaves. And then I get in my car and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to drive separate. And I'm sure like by the time that we get there, he'll have calmed down. So I hop in my car and I start trying to call him and he like picks up. And is screaming at me and screaming at me. And finally, after we've both been driving for an hour, he's like, sure, I'll pull off around Knoxville and then we can drive together. So I pull off at this exit, this pull beside him at this gas station. And he screams like at the top of his lungs, he screams, fuck you at me. And so I get in my car again. And honestly, at that point, I should have just turned around and went back home. But I kept driving because at that point I had been on the road for a a little bit and I drove a little bit longer until I was pretty tired and I pulled off and ended up just getting a hotel for the night and 
He had no idea like where I was. He didn't know any of that. Spent the night like at the side of the road on at a hotel. I woke up in the morning. I had no calls from him. Like he had not contacted me to make sure I was okay, to see what I was doing, to make sure I was alive. And I decided, okay, I'm just going to go for a walk. I'm just going to go, you know, I found this little like hiking, walking trail nearby. And I went for a walk. Like I did a bunch of things to take up time. And then like one o'clock rolls around. I still haven't heard from him. And I'm pissed at that point. And I text him and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm in this state, like another state. You've not even confirmed or like you don't even give a shit if I'm alive or like dead you've not apologized for anything that happened yesterday and he's like I'm at this distillery so why don't you just come to the distillery I look it up and it's like an hour and a half from where I was and I say okay like I'll come there and so I drive and when I'm five minutes away I call him and I'm like, hey, I'm about to pull in. And he says, oh, well, we're just getting in an Uber now. So, you know, why don't you just meet us at this other place, like a restaurant or something? And I say, no, like I, I just drove here, you know, just wait for me, wait for five minutes. Remember, guys, this is somebody I was fucking married to. And he's like, no. No, and he wouldn't wait. And so at that point, I mean, I was livid. I was so mad. And I was just like, I'm done driving all over the state for you. Like, you know, just this is ridiculous. This weekend was supposed to be us like going away together. And it somehow derailed from me going to like trying to have sex with you and then it's derailed to you accusing me of skipping birth control to like treating me horribly. So, you know, I'm still there. I'm trying to figure out what to do. Several more hours go by and he eventually, he's telling me to go to his friend's house that we were supposed to go to together that weekend. And I'm like, no, like I've gone to like four different locations for you and you're not there. You don't like come get me, come to where I am. And he wouldn't, and he was acting like I was being difficult. And eventually like we're on the phone and he, he's saying he's in a lift and I'm like, well, you never told me you're getting in a lift. Long story short, I'm like, just come pick me up in the lift. And I remember crying and being like, I'm your fucking wife. Like, how are you not going to come pick me up? This is the most insane situation. And he wouldn't do it. He would not come and get me in the lift. And I, so I ended up getting another hotel room. I never saw him that entire weekend. And that weekend, I mean, it changed everything. I remember calling my best friend. I remember calling and talking, you know, with my family. And I remember my best friend being like, this 
is not okay. Like this, you could have died. Like he, because the next night, like he, again, I woke up in a hotel room that he had no idea where I was staying. He didn't give a shit to confirm if I was alive or dead or what was going on. And he tried to just like act like everything was normal. And he tried just like acting like he was going to come home after that. And I remember talking to my friend. I remember talking to my therapist. I remember just being like, I can't do this. Like, this isn't normal. This isn't acceptable. And at that point, I wasn't ready to leave. But I feel like I knew that it it needed to be over. Like, I did not feel respected. Staying with him was killing my self-esteem. And so... I remember saying, like, I need space and I need you, like, I'm going to put some of your shit in bags and just, like, put it at the door and you can stay at your parents, stay wherever for a few nights and maybe we can, like, figure this out. At the time, I remember hoping that we could figure it out. I remember hoping that he would you know, take a few days and then say sorry and realize what happened and realize what he did. But instead, he basically just sent me texts. He sent me a text once a day for like four days straight. And it was just like, I love you. That's all it said. And I remember in my therapy session that week, I remember my therapist saying like, you know, those words don't mean anything. Like somebody who loves you doesn't treat you how that person treated you just last weekend. And so when I was receiving those text messages, it was infuriating. And I wasn't in a good place at all. I mean, I was so sad. When I look back at that time period, I was so sad. I was so sad. Like, I couldn't understand why somebody would treat me that way or treat anybody (laughs) that way. And I finally, I remember I responded. I hadn't, you know, talked to him in a few days. I was trying to take space and I, I finally responded. And I was just like, you don't say sorry. Like, you, you don't take accountability for anything And he didn't even try to come talk in person, by the way, like during those four days. I mean, this is somebody I fucking married. And after they treated me how they had that weekend, you would think that they would come try to talk in person, try to talk things out. And so I do remember freaking out. And I remember being like, you need to get your shit out. Like I was just pissed at that point. And frankly, Looking back at it, that wasn't mature on my part. I have compassion for myself because I realized, like, I mean, this is a toxic, unhealthy, abusive relationship. And I, looking back, I, I hear myself and I think underneath telling him to move out, I think I was really just trying to, like, 
feel anything from him. Like everything just felt so cold from him. It felt so heartless. And I think I just wanted anything, any kind of feeling I think felt better than nothing. And so despite like not responding to anything substantive, well, as soon as I said move out, he's like, okay, cool. I'll be there with movers. And he does show up. He, he like arranged for movers to come that Saturday, but then he also came that Friday. And I mean, I was like, incredibly sad. I was so sad. I remember crying so much. And I remember, like, feeling suicidal. I remember having suicidal ideations. I remember not wanting to live. And, I mean, it was really hard. And he had those, the movers coming, like, that, Saturday morning and I remember crying and I remember like hugging him and holding him and telling him I didn't want him to go and I remember him pushing pushing me off of him and he pushed me off of him and I fell on the ground and it startled me like I didn't think that was going to happen in that moment and I wasn't hurt I wasn't bruised I wasn't cut it just startled me and so I dialed 911 on my phone and it called the police and I hung up like immediately because I was so it, it just all like happened very quickly <laughs> and I hung up and then they actually called back and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I accidentally called, but he was screaming at me in the background and the police were actually dispatched and they came to the house and I told them like nothing happened. I'm sorry. I accidentally called. I accidentally called. And they said that they came out because the dispatcher heard a man screaming at a woman and he eventually left that day and then the I was very like hysterical and sad and crying and I told the movers and I told him like this is just like all too much like I can't do this today and after that he basically guilted me blamed me he said that I wanted him arrested He said that I wanted him, you know, whatever. And I, look, I was a prosecutor previously. I am licensed to practice law in two states. If I wanted him arrested, I, I know the elements of the crime. I know what needed to be communicated to the police officers. I did the complete opposite. I said that he didn't push me he didn't touch me despite the fact that he did and anyways he made me feel guilty about that and he basically just went to his parents for like weeks like a complete month and during that month 
I, I was so sad. I was beside myself. I was, like I said, I was experiencing suicidal ideations. I was, I really hit a complete low point. I felt so sad. I felt so depressed and he would string me along. He would, we were married, but he wouldn't tell me like he wouldn't file for divorce. He would say, well, if you would just be cool for a little bit, like things would calm down. And the whole thing had flipped essentially. Like it flipped from me being like this weekend that we were supposed to get go away together. That was so fucked up. This is insane. And like knowing that I needed to leave to this explanation, this, escalation of this event and the cops coming to then me feeling guilty and all of a sudden I had like forgotten almost that I was the one that wanted to to end things and to get away from this person and so I really did I wanted to work things out and it was very confusing it was so confusing I remember feeling like we just got married i I mean, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. I spent the last three and a half years with this person. And it was a very confusing time to have your brain all of a sudden be like, just kidding, you're no longer a newlywed. Like, we need to start thinking about divorce. And so after a month, I mean, literally a month went by where he did not even come by. And during this time period is when COVID-19, like the pandemic started, He did not even check in on me. (laughs) Like, guys, a tornado actually hit the street that I lived on. And he did not even come check in on me. Keep in mind, all of his stuff is still at the house. We're still married. (laughs) And he's not communicating anything to me. His parents lived in the area. They did not even come check on me like after the tornado, you know, anyways, so a month goes by and I finally am like, I call him and I still, I have this conversation recorded and it's literally, he's telling, he's stringing me along and he's telling me that he's allergic to the dogs and that's why he can't move back in. And he's, like trying to tell me to get rid of my dogs and isolate me even further. And so that's when I finally was like, okay, I'm going to move your stuff out. So where would you like it delivered? He wouldn't tell me an address. He wouldn't tell me anything. He was telling me I couldn't unilaterally decide to move his things out. And I mean, he hadn't been there in a month. And so I hired movers and I had all his stuff delivered. Still, he was not filing for divorce. And I didn't want to, like, I wanted somehow, I wasn't able to face reality at that point. Like, it just wasn't happening. And again, he was stringing me along. So a few weeks went by and we didn't talk. And then he comes over and 
tells me he loves me, tells me he wants to work things out. And we had sex and he, you know, he told me he wanted to make things work and he wanted to move back in. And, you know, I felt good about things. And then it was just a roller coaster. Like he couldn't even keep that consistent, um, for 24 hours. And simultaneously to all of this going on, he, he dated a girl at some point. I don't honestly know anything about her and I'm not really here to shit talk her because whatever, it's really not about her. It's about him. Um, but I talked to her ex, they might still be married at this point. I don't, I don't know. I know that they're currently divorcing, but at the time she was married and she had a kid and, um, she, so I talked to her husband via Facebook messenger and he sent me some screenshots and, you know, he showed me that my ex-husband was like talking with this girl and she had according to the screenshot that I was sent she had spent the night with him with my ex-husband at his parents that's what she told her ex-husband that's what she told him her husband like I said I don't know if they're married or not and my ex tried to gaslight me he was telling me like she was setting him up she was doing this she was doing that and you know long story short that is when I finally was like I'm gonna get an attorney And I'm going to stop playing these games and just stop indulging in this because I can't take it anymore. Like I said, I honestly, like this wasn't for attention. This, I've struggled with depression my whole life, but I'm telling you, I've never felt as low as I did in during this time period of when I was supposed to be a newlywed and supposed to be like the happiest time of my life. And I really did truly want to take my own life. And I communicated that with my friends. I talked to my therapist about it and I talked to family and I talked to my ex-husband and his only response was he sent me a 1-800 number to a, to like the suicide hotline. And so, you know, it was a really hard road with some really low points for me. And I'm so glad that I stuck with it. I'm so glad that I'm still here today. And it's hard. I mean, it's hard to admit some of that, right? It's hard to say, like, in reality, my ex-husband ghosted me. He did. 
and he gaslighted me and he fucked with my head and I think he just didn't think that I would be strong enough to pick myself up from it and I picked myself up little by little and I am the one that filed for divorce from him and even after I filed for divorce from him I initially did I wanted to still work things out I think there was just this whole part of me like there was seriously there was a part of me that thought this could work out somehow and it just it I mean it came to a point there's a lot more details that I'm you know this is supposed to be an abbreviated version (laughs) but long story short long I keep saying that but this is a long story either way even the short version's long Um, But anyways, I filed for divorce. I had no, we had no kids, no shared assets, nothing. And he literally refused to sign the paperwork for almost a complete year. And again, I really think... So, like, the whole thing that was holding up the divorce is he was trying to get me to sign something saying that I wouldn't speak about the divorce and I wouldn't, like, tell anybody about it. And my attorney, you know, kept very clearly saying, you don't get to make up your own special remedy. There is already a remedy for when people lie about things, and that's called defamation. And that's not just like something that you can force somebody to sign. First of all, it's not like he was offering to pay me like $500,000 for my silence. He was just trying to bully me into signing this clause saying I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk about the divorce. And just like my attorney said, you don't get to invent a special remedy. You don't. If you feel that somebody has, quote unquote, defamed you, so basically told a a lie about you and impacted your reputation in some way, then there's already a tort that you can sue them under. It's unrelated to divorce. And he, he purposely just dragged on the divorce for months. And I stood my ground. Like, I compromised on everything else. And he literally ended up signing, like, the exact... He ended up signing a more expensive version that essentially said the exact same thing that he was sent at the beginning. So, when I originally filed. And he ended up signing that, like, almost a year later. And so... It was during this divorce process that I started this podcast and that I wrote my workbook and that I started doing graphic design and I started doing my Instagram posts. And I've never, when I started all of this, it started because I was talking to my therapist and she, we were having a session and 
she was really encouraging me to because remember the pandemic was going on still going on (laughs) and really not able to go anywhere I was isolated in a part of the state that I moved to for him and his family so I had a few friends that I would see there but you know I didn't have like a strong support network and so she was encouraging me and telling me it's going to be really important for you going forward in your healing journey to develop hobbies of your own what are some things you're passionate about? What do you like to do? And I was like, okay, well, I love psychology. Like my bachelor's degree is in psychology. I was the vice president of the psychology club. And, you know, I've always really liked podcasts. I've loved writing. I love like looking at graphic design stuff, but I always used to tell myself like I could never do that. I have an older brother who's amazing at art and his artwork is still on display all around the house. And that was a message that I kind of ingrained in myself growing up. I remember thinking, oh, he's good at art and I suck at art. And somehow my brain was like lumping in graphic design into that. And I'd never even tried graphic design. Like I never had even like played around with it. And same with podcasting. I never have tried any of that, but I was already labeling myself as like, I can't do this. And coming out of an abusive relationship, I remember, I mean, guys, I just like, I I have opened up on this episode. I'm telling you, like I was at an all time low. I had incredibly low self-esteem, truly like low points, truly rock bottom, like wanted, did not see a purpose, did not think anyone would miss me if I was gone. And so I also was dealing with, well, who would even want to hear what I have to say? And so all the credit really goes to my therapist for being my biggest cheerleader and saying, you sound so passionate when you talk about this stuff. Like, why don't you try, try that out? Try it out as a hobby. So I did. And day by day, it's for the last like 30 something weeks, <laughs> I did that. And it honestly saved my life, I feel like. And I now have... 26,000 followers as at the time I'm recording this on my Instagram and my podcast has been on the top charts, Apple charts in 50 something countries. It's on my Instagram. I published my workbook and I mean, I spend a lot of time each and every day designing things writing putting like thinking of ways to translate I have this like notebook (laughs) of notes that I just like pour ideas into and write down pages and things from books that I read and think like okay I want to go back and make a post about that and It sounds like work to a lot of people, but 
it's really an awesome way for me to have creative expression and to channel a lot of my creativity into you. And so it's been really healing for me and it's been so validating and so healing to have the messages that I've put out there and have my voice be so well received. It means the world to me. Because like I said, when I started all of this, I mean, I truly thought there would be like a hundred people that followed me and I've never advertised, you know, my podcast or Instagram on my personal social media. I've never. So this is all really not, it's not born from a place of like all my friends and family follow me. It's really been incredible just to see how kind of universal my experience is. And it's made me feel not alone. And the divorce is finally vinyl. <laughs> how do I like include, I just want to play some music that's like, celebrate good times. Let's go. <laughs> okay, I know you guys are like, can you shut up? You have a horrible singing voice. But seriously, I'm so excited. Literally, I can't even tell you like how excited I am that the divorce is final. He, like I said, waited until the very last second to submit. Um, so the judge basically ordered that he had to respond to all this discovery and all this other bullshit that he had been putting off. And on the deadline of the day that the court said, you've got to get this stuff in by, is when he provided the marital dissolution agreement. Literally within 30 minutes of my attorney calling me and letting me know that there's, it was just hand delivered, the marital dissolution agreement. I got up there, I signed it, I notarized it, and I was making moves. Like I was like, hell yes, I can finally be free. And because, I mean, part of the thing was I had to live this whole freaking last year with his last name. Like, that sucked. That really sucked. And and I, after that, so I applied for a job transfer within my company. And I ended up getting an awesome job that I really am excited about. I moved across the country literally like a week after the divorce. So like the divorce got final and moved and yeah, so now I live really close to my best friend, um, very close to my sibling and my amazing sister-in-law and my little niece. So I'm very excited about that. And... Watson and Huckleberry are now city dogs. <laughs> and yeah, and then I put my house on the market. And within like 48 hours, I had three different offers. And it's just, it's literally been like as soon as the bad juju that was my ex got out of my life, like just the sun was shining and I'm like skipping down the sidewalks. No, but seriously, the whole, I, 
guys, you gotta rein me in on this because I real I'm like realizing now how much I derailed. But <laughs> I said all of this because I think some of you guys like see my post and you see me coming out the other side, right? Like you see this person who is like I don't want to take away from myself because I am strong. I'm a strong, badass bitch, okay? Let's not get it twisted. But you're seeing me now, okay? You didn't see me on all those other days. You didn't see me when I couldn't get out of bed. You didn't see me when I was crying. You didn't see me when I couldn't eat. You didn't see me when I needed help. You're just seeing me now. So if you're looking at me and you're thinking, that's impossible, I could never do that. Know that I was that person too. We can be both. You can be weak sometimes. You can be strong sometimes. You can be sad and happy. You can be moving forward and moving backwards in some ways. Life is not all black and white. It's very gray. And for anybody who's listening, for anyone who's going through a hard time, the biggest message I want you to think about and walk away from this from is no matter what point you're at, it's going to get better. And if you are at your low point today, if you can't get out of bed, I want you to be okay with that. Like, (laughs) it's hard. It's really, really hard. And I'm encouraging you, like, I don't know anyone's financial situation, so I can't speak on that. Of course, I can't. And... So my advice, it's not going to apply to everybody. I can't possibly advise everyone all at the same time. What I can tell you is it's very important to work with a licensed therapist. I will put a link in the show notes for the PDF I made to help you with some resources for that. Even like, especially now you're able to just kind of do telehealth and do it from the comfort of your own home. And so even if like all you're doing is making sure your bills are paid and attending therapy, I think that's awesome. Okay. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise, because one day you're going to have enough strength to move to the couch. And when your body is telling you, Hey, actually think I could go to the couch today. Do that. And then one day your body's going to be like, I feel like I can go for a walk. Actually, I feel good enough to walk around the block. Do that. Take it little by little and just know it's a long process. Healing is a long process and it's so cliche. It's, it is, it's like time heals everything. It doesn't heal everything. No. But time helps. And as long as you're doing the best you can, 
That's what matters. And just know that every person that you think is strong or amazing, there's so much more to the story. And there's honestly so much more to the story than I can even fit on this podcast. But on today's episode, as I turn over this new leaf and this new chapter, and I am so excited for it, I wanted to pause and take a moment and reflect on the hard chapter, this hard, hard chapter that I'm coming out of. But also, like, I'm so grateful for the lessons that I learned in this last year. I really am. I <laughs> I have so much heart and hope and joy as I look forward. And I'm so excited to be around a support system again. I'm so excited to have the opportunities that I have. And I'm honestly, I'm so excited and thankful for all of you guys. And more than that, I want to say this, like, I'm not bitter about anything. I took time to really reflect and heal on what I want and what I don't want in relationships going forward and how much I want like good friendships as well. But especially in relationships, like it's been an amazing learning experience for me to recognize some patterns and some red flags. And so as I move into this next chapter, I just wanted to be grateful for those hard days too. Look back at how far I've come and remind you no matter where you are on this journey, there's going to be better days. With all my heart, I honestly and sincerely, I love you guys. I can't tell you how much I'm thankful for your support and your validation and the love that you've shown me in this last year as it's been one of the hardest years that I've lived so far. And I'm really excited to see what the future years bring me. And I'm really excited that you guys are here as part of the journey. I hope this episode resonates with some of you. I hope it inspires some of you. And I hope that it humanizes me in some way. (laughs) And you realize I don't have all my shit together. I don't have it all figured out. I'm just a human being just like you. And I'm figuring it out. And... I hope that we can figure it out together and heal together. Thank you for being here.